Captain Slog, Stardate 7. Uh, these are the continued voyages of Ensign's Mark and Eddie as we watch all of the episodes of Next Gen on the ship computer down here in 10 Forward. Uh, I'm Eddie Edwards, joined as always by Mark O'Neill. Mark, Mark how's, it, how's it going? How's you? Uh, I'm not a lot to report, mate. Yeah, yeah, me, me, me neither. But my both, both our week has mainly been that we watched Eternals and Ghostbusters and we talked about that for half an hour before we started recording. Yeah, and do you know what? <laughs> I've had some feedback about this podcast um, from a friend, which was, no, I'm not really interested in the things you talk about Star Trek, because I'm definitely not going to watch those episodes, but I quite like the bit at the start where you just talk a bunch of shit, so I'm not going to do that this week. <laughs> I did have a, a friend of mine uh, reference uh, part of our podcast that would have meant that he actually listened to it, until I clocked that it was also the bit I put in the little trailer that I put out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so so thanks Tom I know you're not listening uh, yeah. but <laughs> it was nice of you to pretend um, <laughs> well at least Laura's so, listening to it and she yeah. watches the episodes with me so it's, it's, a, it's a nice thing for us to bond over uh, that isn't directly contributed to the crumbling of our relationship um <laughs> No, that's not true. Our, our relationship is, is very strong. It's in fact as strong as the fences surrounding the new growth flowers uh, on the Justice Planet. Or as I've decided to call it, the planet fuck. Uh. Uh, my, I actually, uh, so I, I take notes on my phone during these episodes. And originally I wrote down, uh, my, my title for this episode was Justice, which is the name of the episode. And then in the first three minutes, I deleted the word justice and I t- retitled the episode Hitler's Fuck Planet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you clap that as well. We'll talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this episode is called Justice. And there's I've got instant questions about this. Right. Okay. First of all, they're in the Stronad solar system. Right. The solar system is called the solar system because the Latin word for sun was sol. Yeah. Right, it's not called a solar system if it's not around our sun. It's a diff. Anyway, right, uh, and they were dropping off colonists in an yeah. adjoining solar system. Other solar systems adjoin. Um, <laughs> I, it, it, it just be beside, <laughs> adjacent. What does it, what does that even mean in cosmic terms? What is adjacent? Because Alpha Centauri is fucking far away from us. Because a set of a set of twins are adjacent twins. Yeah. If you have a, a what was the word that you said? Adjoining. Adjoining, yeah. If you have adjoining twins, you've got them. You've got those twins in America that look like one woman with two heads. Which right? Uh, so Laura and I. So remember, I said that we weren't going to talk nonsense. Um, Laura and I were walking <laughs> around the park yesterday. And we saw the kids. You know how when when there's like gym equipment in the park, and yeah. they were using them, and I was like, I know exactly what I would use that for as a wee guy. If I was a wee boy, I would pretend that that was the Power Rangers Megazord, because it'd be yeah. like, right, I'll do the this thing because this controls the punches, and you do the 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 treadmill because that controls the walking. And then I, w- I was thinking about it, right. 
And I was like, so Ab- Abby and Brittany are the conjoined twins in America where the way that they are conjoined is that basically they have essentially uh, two halves of one body oh, yeah. stuck yeah. together. So they, they look like one woman with two heads. And uh, they both control one set of limbs. So one controls an arm and a leg and the other one controls the other arm and the leg. And they, it's it's significant that they are able to do things like walk and drive. And you're trying to tell me that five teenagers can be fucking coordinated enough to drive one robot. Also, now you bring that up, why aren't those girls the first people that they called to drive the giant robots in Pacific Rim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, do you know what's weird? That's exactly the point that Laura brought up after it. And then I went into a 10-minute uh, rant about Pacific Rim, and she, at the end of it, she turned and went, do you know what? I've actually never seen Pacific Rim. I just <laughs> remember that that was a, a thing that happens in it, and John Boyega's in it. And I'm like, John Boyega's in the second one. Yeah. So... Yeah, they, they, let's not talk about the second Pacific Rim. Man. Ah. Um, but yeah, they're, 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 these are joining systems, and Riker's like, oh, we've been down to this M-class planet, and it's unusually lovely. I wrote down um, unusually lovely. Why? What, what a strange way to... There's shitloads of places in space. This can't be the nicest. <laughs> I. Do you know what else I wrote down? So, as soon as he said, as soon as Picard said something like, oh, it's unusually lovely, it's a beautiful place, I've sent Commander Riker down uh, with a sort of forward team to... to to have a, a bit of a recce yeah. and I wrote down Riker comes back having definitely fucked 12 of the people on that recce <laughs> and I was like that's going to be a really clever thing and then the episode just says it for me Riker clearly yeah. fucked a hundred of those people yeah um, it will, it will, apparently it will startle you how nice it is and then they're describing the planet and Geordie says that the people are ultra lawful but they make love at the drop of a hat to which Tasha then adds any hat <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, I yeah yeah it, yeah. It, it, so they make love. Yeah, the, anyhow. But but what what I enjoyed um, is that Tasha Yar, I, the, the the Captain Picard is obviously really happy about this because he loves uh, both hats and the dropping thereof. <laughs> so. Tasha suggests let's we we should go down, we should think about this for sure leave um but we should uh, we should start with a small group which is something Tasha Yar definitely doesn't want to hear someone else say um <laughs> but then And I feel, I feel I feel like we should. Do you remember? Do you remember on the other podcast where we were like every now and again, we should set the record straight that we don't actually think think these things. In case yes. you, like yeah. we 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 are not making fun of Tasha Yar because she's a rape victim. We're making fun of the writers because you can't give a woman trauma that isn't rape. And and the fact that we're seven episodes in and it's come up in three of them. <laughs> Fucking it's, ridiculous. It's, it's, it's weird that Denise Crosby would want to leave the show, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> and uh, so while everybody else is getting ready to go to the, the planet fuck, 
Uh, date, date, date has got a faulty sensor. He's got to deal with. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what date is going to be dealing with. Riker's got to have a faulty sensor in about six hours' time. It's going to be red raw, mate. And I want to point out, Mark. Um, I don't I don't know if you picked up on this particular little um, trick that's sometimes used in drama, because um, Picard is going to send an away team, and he decides to send Wesley down as well. Um, and then um, he says, "Let's hope it's not too good to be true." Uh, now, this is something that writers like to call foreshadowing. <laughs> Which is when someone says a sentence they would never actually say in real life, but it's useful if you want to inject some drama. <laughs> I, I, I like that they send... So they send, they send the team down, um, and then the, 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 the two kind of emissaries run over, and, and they're wearing, like... Sean Connery and Zardoz mankinis. Manke- yeah. What are those things? What are the? What is the purpose of those clothes? Because because if you if you want to picture this, so they they are like an X across your body, but they don't they don't cover the nipples. They don't cover the nipples. There's far too much nipple in this episode. And yeah. then with that, if you're um, uh, they do on the women conveniently. Um, well, so, well then, one of them does get her baps out in the in the sort of foreground of a shot later on, and we it was Laura that noticed, not me, because I'm a good feminist. And then there's tiny; they all wear tiny shorts through which you can totally see far too much of an outline of everybody in the episode's wang. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and they also, did you notice where they beam down to? You might be familiar with this. Um, they build down to a place known as the Tillman, Tillman Water Reclamation Plant, which is yeah. actually a sewage treatment facility in yeah. LA. And as a result of that, has been the backdrop of its biodome in the movie Biodome. It's Starfleet Academy at a later point. It's one of those places that I've reckoned. I think it's in the Orville. I think it's in the first episode of the Orville. It's also it's, the home world of two different species in Stargate. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. Yeah, if, if you want a vaguely science fiction looking building, it's the place you go in LA where you don't have to pay any of your actors for travel. We we have that in London as well. Um, the Millennium Bridge shows up anytime they want to do a sci-fi planet. Yeah, yeah, because it looks yeah, a bit yeah. funny. Yeah, it looks a bit a bit futuristic-y. Yeah. Uh, other than that's just quarries outside of Cardiff for British sci-fi. <laughs> Um, yeah, they run over and they come over and their greeting is health and happiness and a pleasant day to you. Mark, I don't care about how much the people on this planet put out. I think this planet is fucking unbearable. <laughs> I think that these people will happily start a sentence with, I don't think you're giving crystals enough of a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they come over and there's two people. It's Yvonne and Leotor, and the woman basically throws herself at, um, at Riker, yeah. which is fine because it's established through the conversation they have a pre-existing relationship. What isn't fine is that Leotor, I can only really describe it as sexually harasses Troy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just walks up to a woman he's never met and he's like, uh, 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 and just, yeah, gets all over her. Very Harvey Weinstein vibe, and and she's looking pretty uncomfortable about it. Which, yeah, as like I mean, look, this is a very uh, pro consent podcast. Pro 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 consent, <laughs> pro IRA, uh, pro pro Martin Luther King. 
and this this trifecta and any woman who if you see a woman look uncomfortable you should you should believe that they are uncomfortable right uh, yeah. Especially if that woman's one character trait is that she's literally an emotional psychic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like Worf got the right idea because as soon as Worf saw those people running over, he stepped in front of Riker and went, "Careful, sir." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, they throw the the uh, the girl fancies the shit out of Worf. Um, that's that comes up and. Um, uh, Troy senses friendship and happiness in inverted commas. Um, and okay, now we get into a fucking dodgy fucking area of this episode. Because right. the woman. Okay, we're we going to talk about the can interaction I, I... between the woman and Wesley. Right. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm going to say um, to go with what you what you just mentioned there. I think it's interesting uh, that a planet where that that guy just comes straight up to Troy and essentially assaults her. Yeah, you don't you don't want to put the word mildly in front of the word assault, right? But he mildly assaults her. Yeah, and then they're real serious about their age of consent. Yeah. So is it just as soon as everyone hits sixteen, all fucking all hats are off, dropped on the floor? They they don't know. These are aliens. They have no idea. Troy could be twelve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they, they run over and she notices Wesley as a kid and she's like, Oh, I don't know I don't know what your custom is regarding this. And Wesley is like, I guess whatever you do while <laughs> imagine the car in his head going, Please be fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Because this is this is this is a a bang mediocre no, I, I I'd say this is this is less than mediocre, right? I I'd say this is Yeah, this is this is verging on bad. It's a substandard episode because basically nothing really happens. we get like the threat of a Picard speech that we end up never really getting. Um what yeah. I think would have made this episode more interesting is if uh the the the, the forward team had come down and, and done all their stuff and also I wrote uh Miles O'Brien definitely beamed down with the advanced team and just stayed. Um, but I think if they'd come down and then Riker had had bonged, bonged. Riker had bonged a hundred of them, and the uh, they, they go down, they come back to the ship, and they're like, "Oh my god, Captain Picard, you're never going to believe this. This is the best fuck planet you've ever seen. Like of all the fuck planets that we go to every now and again, this." This is the tip top one. This is the best fuck you are ever going to have. I think what would have been very interesting is if they'd gone back and the secret that they had learned about these people is that they were all eight years old. (laughs) (laughs) And then they had to deal with that. Um, They might be. These people are... I'm going to bring this up right, okay? Because it certainly occurred to me about the point I was watching like these people's shitty fucking society in practice. These people don't have warp. There is no way these people have warp. They shouldn't be here at all, the Enterprise. That's the prime directive. If they haven't got warp, don't come down. Yeah. No. Because they keep using the prime directive wrong. Yeah, they keep using yeah. it wrong. They've not I don't think anybody in, if I was if I I don't know about you, I, I'm never gonna be in charge of writing a series of Star Trek. But if I was, I'd probably put the prime directive on the fucking wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, like remember this, this is important. Yeah. Also you can't go faster than warp ten. Those are the two. Yeah. Everything else is fair game. And these yeah, it's it's <sighs> I, I, th- I think it is because uh, 
it might be because we're still in the next generation's infancy. Like, yeah, there are concepts because I guess the Prime Directive did it. So, so for anyone who doesn't know, so the, the Prime Directive, the official, I, I. I'm, I'm going yeah. to paraphrase this here, but the official wording of the Prime Directive is that you are not allowed under any circumstances to interfere with the development of a species that doesn't yet have warp travel because warp yeah. travel is generally considered by the Federation to be the stage at which, uh, at which a species is ready to learn about its place in the universe. Yeah. Once you have warp travel you are going to start running into people regardless of what the federation thinks and you're going to attract attention yeah so we yeah. need to come we the federation need to come and make sure that we are the ones that yeah that and also check that you're not a hitler planet that somehow got warp drive you know i just turn yeah. up and be like got warp there how do you feel about you know human rights uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, this is still we're still at the fucking meeting because like at this point they literally they are like oh so shall we uh, shall we fuck now or shall we fuck later? That's literally the conversation. And Wesley's like I can I can leave if you guys want to do your thing. Um, <laughs> and, and, and 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 right as soon as Wesley says that, Wesley's like I can leave if you want to do your thing. Riker's like yeah 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 on you go yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then and then they go. Like, can you? And then they go, okay, we better go to this meeting. Can you run? And Wesley's all like, of course we can run. And Mike is totally giving him, like, fucking be cool, you little dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that, that's why everyone's so fit on that planet, is that they run everywhere. Yeah, and as they're running, Worf, um, Riker says, when in Rome, and Worf says, where. Which, bearing in mind, Starfleet Academy is on Earth, shows that Worf. Didn't even once go on like like didn't take a and there's transporters. He didn't fucking take a day off once <laughs> to be like, oh, I might go check out some of the sites on this planet on which we, I find myself. Well, here's a question, because we we are making that uh, assertion from the perspective of of a human being, and 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 and, 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 and like me, Eddie, I think you're you're quite a quite a curious person i think you like yeah. going places and looking at things don't you 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 enjoy yeah. when your eyes have something to do and yes but do the klingons have that like would the klingons I, well i guess because the coliseum yeah that's what i was going to say it is the one place on earth where we have still got standing the place where we had people fight to the death that's exactly <laughs> where wolf wants to go yeah <laughs> yeah and he go there and it you, oh my god, do you think that tour guides in the 24th century um, like their entire job is explaining to Klingon delegations why we don't do this anymore? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Klingon delegations come up and they're like and uh, when when does the fight start? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I reckon they have a little like, they have a little, because the middle of the Coliseum's empty I reckon they can, you can let the Klingons have a go <laughs> Uh <laughs> Um, yeah, in my notes here, this this is the point where I've written all of these guys are moose knuckling because this is when I started to severely notice the the dong situation. <laughs> and this is and this is also they go into a room and people have their harps and dancing and people are getting a massage and that's when I was like these fuckers don't have the warp drive. No. Uh, 
I, I, again, to go back to what I'm, I was, I do think of myself as a fundamentally curious person. Uh, I, I genuinely believe in this uh, Star Trek ethos of if money didn't exist, I would do things for my own improvement um, yep. and to improve uh, the creative arts. I would like to, 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 you know, maybe make things, make shows or, or whatever. Like, I wouldn't be the person. When UBI, Universal Basic Income, comes in, there are going to be a lot of people that are just like, fuck it, I'm not going to do anything. Um, yeah. But I like to think that, no, I'd like to travel and learn and become a better person because I, I like that feeling, do comedy, etc. Um, yeah, well, but, we met doing open mic, which nobody does for the money. <laughs> no. Um, uh, but if if I was given a planet, uh, and, and if I was given a fuck planet, I, no, I wouldn't. I'd just do that all the time. <laughs> yes. 4G at this point we go back to the ship and yeah. we don't have to deal with these people um, and um, they they, uh, they pan the viewer over because apparently it's not a glitch there's something out there but also not there um, and then a, a half a space is it like data sends it a message and then yeah. they get a broadcast back that's unintelligible and then like half a space station of it's like half. A, it's like it's only faded in halfway. Like it's, they put the slider up to fifty percent on the opacity. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's it's uh, tran- it's sort of transparent. It's um, yeah, half half phased. You're right. Like it, like like you like a ghost, like a ghost of a of a of a of a star yeah. ship thing. And then I like this moment because Picard asks Geordie to take a real look. So. Geordie has to leave the bridge and go find the window that he can have a look at it. And all I can think yeah. is, if you can make, if you can make Geordie's visor, why can't you just use that? Which he's had since birth, which is longer ago than the Enterprise was built because it's a six-month-old ship. Surely they could have just put those sensors on the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> or alternatively, uh, John, what? What if you put if you gave Jordan's Jordy's visor an HDMI port? Yeah, just fuck him. It's... I just and just plug him in to the to, to, to like a camera on the outside of the show. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen? Uh, did you ever watch the pilot of Marvel's Inhumans? Oh no, I'd heard about it, but no. So the uh... the, the Inhumans, their whole thing is that they are born normal they are born human but they have a special gene that when exposed to a certain chemical called pterogen mists they will have like a power uh yeah manifest <clears throat> so they're a bit like the x-men they, they, they're a bit like mutant powers their powers are all sort of random and a bit weird and uh, they have a two-tier society so the basically the beautiful people with the interesting powers like butterfly wings uh, or or like a teleportation, they get to be the higher ups, and then the people that get digging claws, they get to be miners. Which, to be fair, there's <laughs> not, they're, they're, what they what else they're going to do? Be a chef. Um, but there's a guy whose power, I kid you not, is that he's blind, um, but his eyes are projectors. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awful. That's the worst power ever. Because they, because they, one of them is like, "What's happening on Earth?" And then the other one goes, "Bring in projector face." 
and projector <laughs> face comes out and projects has to be guided in by a by a guide in human and projects what's happening down in Hawaii on to the yeah that is the worst power ever that is that's yeah that's like you are you are here to help us us with admin but, um, the, but the thing is like because that I think at that that point is when the is when I just be like I'm just going to do myself in. But you're so useful to the royal family that surely they would do anything they can to keep you alive. So, I've, mm-hmm. uh, do you also just live in your own little fuck room? <laughs> you living a life of unprecedented luxury. I love when there's like someone whose power is only useful for like that time the X Men had to hide out in the uh, Australian outback, and there's Gateway, who's an Aboriginally um, ex- uh, mutant who can teleport you anywhere in the world, but he just sits on a rock and doesn't move because he doesn't care. Yeah. He just teleports people places, and that's his only, and that's the only reason they chose to hide out there is because he's there. He could send them off where they need to go. There's a really interesting ex ex person, because uh, she is a lady. I can't I can't remember what she's called. I only remember her power. Um, it's really interesting. It's um, she, I think she's a Grant Morrison character, which makes sense. Uh, she's able to teleport, but she's only able to teleport interstellar distances. So. If she was to teleport to the house next door, she would literally have to teleport to Alpha Centauri and then back. <laughs> That's amazing. That's fantastic. Which is like, I like, I I would take it over nothing. Yeah, but it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be my ideal. But then I guess like the if problem- you, if you just if you find like a a place if you find a habitable planet, light years away. You just find that one once. You teleport there, and then it, yeah, it's just yeah. No, that'd be fine. You, that's just like your little intermediary. Also, yeah, like if you need the toilet, no one's walking in on you. <laughs> yeah, find a nice planet that's completely uninhabited and just have that as like your particular base of operations. That'd be pretty nice. The Wi-Fi would be shit though. <laughs> but you wouldn't need Wi-Fi because you could spend all of your spare time. I, I basically what I'd do is I'd hook up with somebody who had a spaceship. <laughs> like just go hang out with the Guardians of the Galaxy and just yeah. hop around. That's useful. Can you give me a map of space? <laughs> Thank you. This is useful. And then get a job as a courier. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, back to Star Trek. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's the thing's not really there. It says it, then it goes very loudly. State the purpose. Oh, like uh, show me what you got. Yeah, from it's a show me what you. It's a show me what you got thing. <laughs> um, and Picard's like uh, to make peaceful contact. Um, and it basically the thing wants to know if they're going to leave life forms there because they'd left life forms on the last planet because they were dropping off a colony there. Yeah. Um, and then Picard has to explain the the concept of colonization, <laughs> to which to which the alien responds, "Leave my kids alone." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I don't want to. Hindsight's twenty twenty, Eddie. But if a lot more Africans had said that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. We we should point out Star Trek is pro colonization, yeah. um, but only of uninhabited planets or planets that will have them. <laughs> Or planets, or planets that they want, or planets um, that give them a bit too much back chat. 
or planets that would be easily invaded, like this planet, where it turns out they don't have the concept of the bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, before this, uh, there's, a, there's a light orb, it turns up, and then ask Data if he wants to do an information exchange, and Data falls over perfectly, putting Tasha Yar's frozen acting from a couple of episodes ago to show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sorry um, to, to go. So talking about the bat, by the way, um, the, the the when Wesley because what, what's happening is that Wesley's hanging out with three other thirty-year-olds, and <laughs> they're like, "Let's play ball. Can you teach us a ball game from your planet?" And he says, "Yeah, I'll teach you my favorite ball game. Do you have a bat?" Um, and they go, "No. What's a bat?" And he says, "It well, it's it's a stick or a branch about this long and about this thick, which also proved to me that this planet doesn't have the concept of dick jokes, despite the fact <laughs> that they all have their, their dicks out at all times. Because because why because why didn't one of them immediately turn around, grab his moose knuckle and go, I've got your bat right here. <laughs> I, I, I also should like to point out that Wesley doesn't say, and we don't see at any point, because he doesn't actually get to getting a bat, what his favourite game to play with a bat and ball is. Because um, in actuality, he just likes to use a baseball bat to kill small animals. <laughs> <laughs> to try and desperately get his mother's attention. Speaking of which, she's, she she doesn't come out of this episode. No, she, she doesn't look great. In the best great. light, no. Um, yeah. Um, oh, okay, also, I've got to bring this up. So at this point, Riker is walking through a room. And there's a bunch of aliens sat down, and uh, they've all got their hands behind their back. Yeah. And then they pull them out, and they've all got they're holding like a couple of beads in them. Yeah. Are they are they playing spoof? <laughs> <laughs> My that that scene is also um, so yeah, that, there was a, there, about this scene. There was a woman <laughs> who clearly had a thing for Worf. Yes. And. Riker comes up to Worf, who's standing there very, very carefully uh, and very, very calmly. And Riker asks, "Why, you know, why are you not join in, have some fun?" And he says, "Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good." Was it Riker says, "Like, do, do you not have, do you not have the concept of sex?" As, as if Riker hasn't already shagged a Klingon woman. And I think he starts by saying, "Like, love, he calls it lovemaking," and yeah. Worf is like, "For love, I'd need a Klingon woman." Yeah. And then Riker literally says, "How about plain old basic sex?" Yeah. And oh, yeah. Worf's response is that basically, human women are too fragile for him to have sex with. To which Riker then responds, "If any other man said that, I think they were bragging." Which does I... Riker think it's bragging if a man goes every time I have sex with a woman, she gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I think what Worf has basically done there is said, look, Riker, I get what you're getting at. I am a red-blooded male. Because he, he, he actually says, the women on the ship, he's like, the, even the women on the ship I can't do anything about. What he's basically saying is, if I was to have sex with Tasha Yar, I would literally burst her. Um, which is it's something they drop, thankfully, later on in Star Trek. Because I think he bangs both Troy and obviously Judzia Dax. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But... <laughs> um, but then do you think that Troy... 
just you just don't, just, I, do you think that Troy just uses her incredible uh, empathetic powers <laughs> to sense when he's about to finish and then just pulls pulls herself off of him and lets him just fire on the ceiling and it, it's like a uh, shotgun blast going off no I reckon what she does is she just has a medical team on standby because like, you can get shot in Star Trek and survive like they can pull you back from the brink but like she crushes like for fuck's sake every single time Tasha's Detroit and four have sex. I've got to be waiting outside of their room with all of my medical supplies and a mop. <laughs> Christ on a bike, Troy. Do you know how many artificial like cervixes we have on this ship? Because fifty percent of them have been inside you. Much I, I, the same could be said about the men on this ship. I just do think it is troubling that Riker thinks it's bragging to talk about how much you hurt women because you love them too hard. Um. <laughs> I, 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 but I, I see. I, I don't take that from what Worf's saying. I, from what I take, from, from like, like if if I was to, because Klingons are obviously physiologically different, right? So yeah. if I was to come up to you and say, Eddie, why don't you fuck dogs? And and your response was to be, if I did, I would destroy them. <laughs> I wouldn't say if any other man said that to me, I'd think he was bragging. <laughs> The, tr- the troubling thing in that scenario isn't that it's a reason; it's that it's my f- my first reason. Because <laughs> 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 Wolf could just easily have gone. I'm just I'm just not attracted to. Because there's there's nothing wrong with the sentence. I only like to have sex with women of my own species. Science fiction has normalised that that's not okay, but it's it's perfectly okay. If we get into space and everybody else turns out to be an insectoid, right, you don't have to have sex with any of them. It's not considered rude. Um, <laughs> and um, even if it is in their culture considered rude, you can be like, we could, well, sorry, I'm a visitor. I don't have to go by your rules. Which, yeah. if someone had said that in this episode, I feel like we could have been saved half an hour of a boring Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah, so this is the point where we find out. So they, yeah, they find out that the reason that okay, I want to talk about the legal system on this planet. Baffling. It's, it's right. So, right. First of all, every day an individual sector is chosen to have the law apply there, and it only applies there and nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, and that's called like the punishment zone. Mm-hmm. But because you don't know where it's going to be, you've got to act like you're always in it. Right, and the penalty for breaking literally any law is death. Yeah. Now, Mark, I don't. I I'm always a little bit concerned when somebody tells me that their system is random and has no inherent biases on this. But I will point out, Mark, that everyone on this planet is white. So <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's always random for some reason. No, it just. Randomly kept selecting high density urban areas, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also, I, I bet whoever came up with that, like, thought it was a really clever system, because the yeah. idea is, in a random place every day, if you commit a crime, and the police catch you doing it, you will be sentenced to death. Yeah, that's not more efficient than if just everywhere always had that 
you're not going to catch any more. If anything, you are going to catch less crime. Because the cops or the mediators, when Wesley commits the crime of he falls over a fence and disrupts newly growing flowers, that's his crime, right? Yeah. Um, and the mediators then come over. They don't. They don't say you're sentenced to death. They come over and say was a crime committed here, and then the other children dob him in and act as witnesses, and he admits it. So really, all you. The mediators aren't omniscient. They can't see into your house. You could be committing crime all the fucking time and just rolling the dice on whether the punishment zone is where you are or not. Because even yeah. if it is, just fucking watch out for the cops. Which, by the way, Eddie, is the system that we have. <laughs> I Don't do I crimes in front of cops. Isn't a clever system of crime prevention. I remembered this episode as being the episode where the death penalty is for everything and I'd completely forgotten about the law only applies in different sectors right? and I will say within 20 seconds of them saying that I'd already worked out six ways to game that system one, here's one, get one of your mates to become one of the mediators and then tell you where the sector is yep. <laughs> and, the, and I just... And then the, the sectors, and then the sectors that other people aren't in, like they're not doing. I'll just kill all the people who pissed me off there, because because it's not that it's not that they they make this clear. Because after Wesley breaks the law, Riker and the rest of the crew are like, oh, oh, they like they fight off the mediators, and the mediators are like, well, it's not this sector anymore, so you haven't actually committed a crime, even though you've attacked a police officer. Yeah. So that's fine. So that means that like whether you're not in the sector, it's legal. It, the, this probably should be the fucking purge. It's right? a reverse <laughs> purge. <laughs> you just need to kill all of the mediators, which I could do it. Like these guys are useless. I could do this in a. I could. I could rule this planet in a week, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't even know I'd done it. But why would Suddenly you want to? Eddie, just... Because because all all those people want is to have sex with you. All right, okay, no, that makes sense. <laughs> it's a. It's a. Because they're unbearable, Mark, and no amount of sex is going to make up for the fact that this is a this is a, a planet of annoying, precocious children. You need to yeah. shut the fuck up and grow the fuck up. No, did you see a single person reading a book in this episode, Mark? No, no. no. None of these people have got a single thing worth a damn to say to you. They don't have TV. There's no cinemas. Yeah, the, you're right. The 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 like the the this because I I quite like. Uh, like my type obviously my type is my girlfriend yeah. who I do think falls into this uh, category my my type is, is like women who are a bit kind of a bit kooky, like a bit witchy like a bit fun, a bit, a bit weird um, can we cut this bit out? because I've, I've started <laughs> digging a hole I'm not going <laughs> to easily get myself out of because laura's gonna come home and she's like i'm not like that and i'm gonna be like no you are like you i think she's like oh so you think i'm weird and i'll be like no no you be you know what i'm you know what i mean like like but anyway but the but intellectually challenging women is what i like is what we both like yeah okay um but but, (laughs) but i i i I like them yeah i like yeah someone 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 about interest and i'm fucking mark come on mate like (laughs) This is so. <laughs> but what I was gonna say 
is that Mark, you've set yourself the challenge of describing what you like about your own girlfriend and you failed. <laughs> <laughs> And now this has to stay in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but 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 there's there's like a level of um, the, there's like a level of like cookiness where no matter how attractive you are, I'm not going to put up with that. And that's what <laughs> these people are. These people yeah. are both extremes. Yeah, they are. They are both absolutely bonkers. Yeah, and. Com- Completely incapable of holding a decent conversation. Um, I and I, like I I I bet every single one of them thinks that Sandy Hook was done by the government. <laughs> um, there's a there's a whole thing about this where basically the the after they, they, these people try and kill Wesley and then they're upset that they can't kill him, um, and they're like, oh, I thought we were friends. So apparently, friends let friends kill Wesley. <laughs> um yeah and meanwhile on the uh, on the planet picard uh, data is still unconscious with an orb on his face um did you just say on the planet picard what, is that what you call the enterprise <laughs> do, do you think that's what picard yeah. calls the enterprise um i i, I... <laughs> I think the planet Picard is probably what Picard nicknamed his testicles. I think the planet Picard is what Picard nicknames his head. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if, like, just one episode of Star Trek something goes into the captain's ready room and Picard's just there with, like, <laughs> a tiny toy spaceship just going, Phew, and landing on his own head. <laughs> just as something goes, he's like... <laughs> yeah, he's just like... He's just like... <laughs> Docking sequence engaged. <laughs> Landing on planet Picard. <laughs> oh, sorry, number one. I didn't realise there's anyone there. <laughs> oh god, I forgot about this. I've got to mention um, when when asked whether or not he's committed a crime, Wesley is given the opportunity to you know be cool and lie and say he didn't do it. But his response is to tell the truth and say, "I'm with Starfleet. We don't lie. Starfleet lies all the uh, time." Starfleet lies fucking constantly. Yeah, <laughs> they, te- they technically like... lie, but the prime directive is technically lying by omission. Yeah, they land on planets disguised as other aliens so they can observe them just before they've discovered warp. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's... yeah. Because 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 he because he, here's the thing: if he'd lied about it, <laughs> and then like and then and then the justice zone went off. He wouldn't even be committing perjury. <laughs> How does anyone ever get caught committing crimes on this planet? It's I their system I, is I, bonkers. As a like, I'm going to say this like about I don't want to call in. I know, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Wesley, Beverly Crush is a terrible mother because yeah. at some point in the like raising of a child, you've got to go. Look, okay, it's wrong to like be violent and it's wrong to like like kill people. And it's wrong to lie and stuff like that. But all of those come with the caveat. Unless it's a life or death situation, in which case, it is acceptable. Or just something you, that you really don't want to get punished for. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, we also find out. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
card beams down and find out the situation, and Riker's like, well, we had to let them keep Wesley, you know, prime directive. <laughs> At this point, I just think it's any excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Riker could have said anything, and Picard would have gone, oh, no, I understand, the child is annoying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what it is? So, I, I actually haven't seen any of... No, I've seen First Contact, that's a lie. I haven't seen any of the of the Next Generation movies. Uh, but one thing I do know about Star Trek Nemesis, one of the reasons why it's so hated, is that the director that they got on board didn't know anything about Star Trek and didn't apparently literally didn't watch a single episode before directing it, for, forgetting that not only were these actors like obviously knew their characters inside out because they had done them for seven years and in four movies together and they were really good friends, but he was just like insisting that they act in ways that the characters just wouldn't do. He totally forgot that Jordi and Data were even friends. Um, but I wonder if this episode was written by someone who was told there is a thing called the Prime Directive. <laughs> and instead of properly researching it, just asked his mate in the pub, what is the Prime Directive? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the, it's, the, it's, the non, it's the non-interference rule. Right, okay. Right, I'll get that down, yep. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> Um, we also find out Star Trek doesn't Starfleet doesn't ex- execute people, but again, it does they don't execute people? They they kill people left, right, and fucking center. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I believe uh, that the death penalty does still exist in Starfleet for something. Yeah, I, I got. A, I vaguely recall that is the case. We're going to find, as we go through these, Mark, we're going to find a lot of evil admirals being mind-controlled by things, and they're going to get shot. They're going to get fucking shot. Right? Um, and also, I will point out that while um, there's a conversation about like how their system works, and I will point out, apparently being fucking passive-aggressive isn't a fucking crime on this planet, because, <laughs> boy, it's fucking this guy's salty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, goes, well, did you not used to execute people? Well, we, we did in the past, but we're more advanced. He goes, well... I guess we're not as advanced as you. Maybe you could just take your child and flee this barbarous backwater planet. It's like, oh, yeah. fucking rub it. Like, you're going to kill a child. Don't act like you've got the moral fucking eye ground. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, this is, this, is, this is, again, at this point, Picard has to explain what orbit is. These people definitely don't have warp. I mean... Their their god is a space yeah. station. I don't I I I I don't think these people have even looked at the night sky. Um, th- I've I've got written down here in my notes. Picard asked them about the space station and somebody says, Do you mean God? In my notes I've just put, Oh, it's one of those planets. <laughs> <laughs> there was a part where um I I, 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 can't, I can't remember how it went because I didn't write it down in my notes. Uh, but I had kind of the same feeling because I think Picard then starts to explain what God is. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't Riker just lean in and go, just leave it. Don't. <laughs> Don't worry. It's like, it's like trying to explain calculus to a chimp. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And then it's like, you find out that like, the whole thing, to be fair, this, is, this episode, basically at this point, Picard asked one of them to come back to the ship so he can point at what they think. Okay, is that God? And they turn up and they're like, 
And they turn up and they're like, yeah. But also at this point, he arrives back on the ship with that. And basically, um, like in a moment, Crusher, who is a mother who has just found out that her son is to be executed. Uh, Jean Luc, uh, I heard that I heard that my um, I heard that my uh, son is going to be executed. Listen, Beverly, can you give us a minute? I need to take this naked woman to point at something and ask her if it's God. As you can see, we have higher priorities. Um, this is the most yeah. concern that that Doctor Crusher has ever shown for for. For yeah. M- MVP of Star Trek: The Next Generation, Wesley Crusher. <laughs> yeah, um, they they point. Yeah, she says it is God as well. Just so, in case anybody was wondering, it is one of those planets. Yeah. Um, oh man, it must be. It. Well, one thing I like about Star Trek is that they don't do religion, but it must be so hard when you meet like a fucking species that's had this. Like, if these guys did evolve and get up to the point they did get the warp drive, imagine trying to meet with them and just be like, "No, no, no, God's not real." And they're like, "No, no, he is. He's over there." Look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that is one of the things again that the Orville does really well, which is the concept of the Krill, which are a genuine yeah. space-faring warrior race, but they they believe. Because I guess the idea would be, like, if we went into space, we would have to start leaving our belief systems behind. Because there's no way that you can be a real space-faring peace organization and still believe that what your concept of God is, is probably right. Like, it's, 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 it's it's as laughable as when people tell you... That the if someone was to say, "Oh, I still believe in the Sumerian gods," you'd be like, "Well, no, we've we've moved past that." <laughs> yeah, unless it unless you're Doctor Egon Spengler, there's no reason <laughs> for you. But but they but then in the Orville they have a race that that is that like they truly believe that they are the chosen people of yeah. their god, and it's it's a really interesting. Uh, it's that thing of like once you arrive on another planet and they haven't got the Ten Commandments, you have to be like, well, there's two options: either God's not real, or he decided to he decided fuck this planet. Like <laughs> you all get to go to hell forever. Uh, no, Eddie, I think you have a I think you have a third option there, which is uh, Marky Boy's Ten Commandments. <laughs> That's one thing I love. Get me a stone Trek. and a chisel. One thing I truly love in Star Trek is is the um, is the Bajorans who have. The an absolutely batshit system of beliefs and like things that they believe in and like the religion, which is also entirely proven to be true. <laughs> like, oh, there's a giant temple in the sky. Yeah, there is. Uh, it's filled with prophets that can see the future. Yep, yeah, yeah, they're there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they'll choose an emissary. Yeah, she's Cisco. Uh, they send orbs so that people can see the future. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, those are real. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> Why do you know that? It's like no, no. We are, we are literally the chosen ones. Um, yeah. We are the special people. Because uh... <laughs> that, because that is that is the thing, right? That's like because I, uh, I used to be a bit of a, a bit of an edge lord. Used to be, uh, and I used to get in arguments with people online just for a laugh. And the the biggest one is that, um, oh, if. Atheists, uh, you know, when God comes down, you're all going to eat your words, and we'll and because it'll turn out we were right. And to which I was like, yeah, because if God <laughs> is proven to be real, then God is science. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'll be I'll be fucking embarrassed. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll have some questions. I'll be like, well, why did you not make it clearer? I gave you a book. It's like, yeah, but the book was wrong. Where did dinosaurs come from? Oh, I'll just put them in the ground to mess with you. Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, exactly. I'd, 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 like, I would immediately believe in God if God showed up because that's how reality operates. If I don't believe you've got a mate called Steve, and then you say, "Oh, you leak your words when Steve turns up," well, yeah. <laughs> once, once Steve has been proven to exist, I will accept that Steve is real. It's, <laughs> it's a bit like the, the the thing that Ricky Gervais posted a few weeks ago uh, when he tweeted something like, "The woke generation are really going to regret when the next generation cancels them," and I'm like, that that's what we want Ricky that's kind of <laughs> the point of progression is to continue progressing yeah the same way your generation cancelled Bernard Manning and he didn't get TV bookings anymore yeah. we stopped telling racist jokes about immigrants on national television <laughs> yeah I want that I I, I, I legitimately and look I, I'm this is this, this is a, a sentence that's going to contradict itself because this isn't an invitation because I can't be fucked reading your messages, right? But I, I legitimately quite like when I have a conception or about how something works when it comes to gender or race or whatever, and I say a thing, and then someone usually I find very politely will say, "That's not cool anymore, man. That's not kosher." Um, we we say this. Yeah. I'll be like, "Great," because I am a man who can learn and grow from people's experiences other than my own. Yeah, I like when somebody says something like, oh, well, actually, we don't use... Uh, it's not a sex change gender operation anymore. It's a gender confirmation surgery. Right? Oh, is that because... Yeah, because, of course, the person has already been the gender that they're having the surgery to do. Oh, no, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like that's the better system. I, I will use that going forward. Yeah. The same way as if, like... it's For me, it's the same as if I say... If I'm talking about a plug, and I go, you know the, the pointy plastic bit? that sticks out the front somebody's like oh that's the earth I'll be like, oh going forward I'll call that the earth when I'm talking yeah. about <laughs> my, my, now I know the word for that thing my favourite one uh, in recent weeks was I put up a Facebook post because yeah I'm a boomer what, what, fuck off um, I put up a Facebook post and I just said uh, something I've always wondered like is uh, I can't, uh, there was, it was a two parter but I said is dudes like acceptably gender neutral because I, I I think it is, I use yeah. it as if it is, but I'm not the expert on this. I just want to know what people's opinions are. If you don't think it's cool, let me know. Um, and someone got back to me, and it was a a, a, a a comedy trans friend, and I don't mean that in that they are. I mean that they are a trans, trans friend <laughs> that I know through comedy. Um, I don't mean that they are a, a, a person I know who just relentlessly takes the piss out of trans people. Um, and unfortunately, I can't. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass myself. I can't remember your name. Unfortunately, I think it's Johnny something. I, it's someone I know through the community that I don't think I've ever actually met. Um, but they said, um, uh, <laughs> "Here's here's so dudes, maybe not great because uh, I know that we all think it's gender neutral. But here's the litmus test." If you truly think it's gender neutral, ask straight men how many dudes they've fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, right, yeah. That's a fair yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. 
I guess context because <laughs> you can see the like context is important, but that's kind of it's not as gender neutral as you may think, is it? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> I think a much better one if you want to address a group is mortals because um, it has the advantage <laughs> of making you sound like a supervillain. <laughs> I like peons. <laughs> right. Um, fucking hell, where were we on this episode? Oh, fucking Beverly's upset. Yeah, Beverly's upset. So she goes down to the planet. She goes down in a bit, and there, yeah, there's, and also um, Data's awake now yeah. from his thought bubble thing. Right. He's like, uh, oh, I, I La- know everything about him. Laura, Laura, um, <laughs> sorry, Laura turned into me as soon as she saw Data and went, oh, once again, Data being seen to by doctors and not a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, once again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love this moment because Data starts to explain the situation and Beverly's like, oh, shut up, Data. And Picard explains that he's babbling and Data says, I don't babble. Um, uh, and Picard tells him not to babble, at which point Data goes full malicious compliance. And the next <laughs> time Picard asks him a question, he gives him all one word, yep. <laughs> yes. And then like, and then like Picard has to be like, well, give, give me any information you feel might be pertinent. <laughs> 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 um, and then there's a whole thing about like basically they're worried they're, they're worried that if they take Wesley the god being's going to destroy the ship because the god being knows after he downloaded Data's brain basically and his yeah. memories and his knowledge so Data says the god thing knows everything that I know and understands our rules so it understands what the prime directive is which is incredible because the writers clearly didn't <laughs> and if yeah. we steal Wesley away, they will be aware that we have broken our own prime directive, and they might not look kindly on that. Which is, yeah. and it is like a no. That's an interesting dilemma. Yeah, I but, I, I can get on board with that. Yeah, but there's there is one problem that I have with this entire section, Mark, which is um, data then asks Picard. Would you choose one life over a thousand? Mm. And Picard says, I refuse to let arithmetic decide questions like this. Mark, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Wrath of Khan. (laughs) 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 But one of the most heart-melting moments of that movie is the line, a logical exchange, one life for millions. So, like, really pissing directly in the eye of Ambassador Spock as I believe he is at this point, but uh, (laughs) one of possibly the most beloved moments in the entire history of the Star Trek franchise. (laughs) Picard's like, nah, fuck that noise. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I I can see what he's, I can see both sides of that. Now, there's also a part of this, they've been back down and the girl that was on their planet. Now this, this is an important point. Or Planet Picard. The girl that, yeah, Planet Picard. Uh, the girl they beamed up, they took up to the Enterprise with them. Um, she now thinks Picard is a god mm-hmm. because he shares the sky with a god, so he must be a god. Yeah. Which is, the logic is there, but she's come to the wrong conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I can see what you did there. You, you're close. Very close. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And basically their response to this whole thing is please don't ruin our society. Because if you can get away with... Because if you, if you let on that this entire thing is a scam <laughs> and actually you can just get away with breaking the law, things yeah. might break down here. And, and um, like all good colonizers, they were politely asked not to ruin things and they did it. You know, they, they went along with that. They went, yeah, no, you're right. We'll just leave you here in peace. This seem, this lifestyle seems to work for you. Who are, who are we to, 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 to step in on that? Yeah. And there's a whole bit about, like, Wesley. There is a moment in this where Wesley's told that, like, the ship might be destroyed. And he's like, well, then I should have a say in what happens. And Picard's like, no. Which would have been a great moment where you could at least have Wesley offer to sacrifice himself to save the crew making him somewhat less insufferable. <laughs> yeah. But instead and, and then be ordered not to. Yeah, but then it just it, like it, there's a you say this we I thought we were getting a Picard speech. Yeah. But we got two lines and then they just beam out. And then five and then five minutes later they remember that Miles O'Brien has has been there this whole time and they beam him out and all. Or 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 no, what would happen is one of the god things uh, it, as 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 the as Picard was right, right, you warp five to our next heading. Uh, Miles O'Brien would just be dropped into the bridge naked by one of the god things. He <laughs> would then just go, "You left this." <laughs> what what actually happens and is I I this is the last bit I've got in my notes is the crew arrive back on the bridge and a bunch of extras have to get out of their chairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! During the um. The, the initial showing up of the orb, uh, there is a guy at Worf's post, and, yeah. and that guy woke up this morning and said, I am going to act this so well that they're going to make me a bridge crew member. <laughs> and my god, that man sells that. He thought he, thought he was getting Worf's job, which, I, again, at this moment, no one knows what it is. Yeah, no, I don't know what Worf's job is. No, and it is. I, I don't. I also I, like Geordie's Geordie's got a seat. He's driving. Yeah, I get that. Tasha's security. Yeah, Worf's because security's a broad is a broad. There's because I don't know how that applies to. She she's in charge of security both on the ship and shooting at things. Yeah, yeah. Because because I, I guess look, I mean. Character is ultimately more important than admin. Yeah. But part of the re- part of the thing I like about Star Trek is the sort of regimented. I, I, I when I say militaristic, I don't mean in a negative way. I mean the way that they operate, uh, like the the way yeah. that they're very they're very hierarchical and uh, the way they go about things is almost kind of navy like. It is. It, it it it's important for us to know what those people do. Yeah, because we cause... want to be able to feel clever when we figure out. Oh, this is Worf's job. Like when we figure out. Oh, when there's a problem and it goes to like a commercial, we be like, it's a problem with the warp core. So Jordy'll they'll get Jordy on it because he's yeah. the en- yeah. he's the head of engineering. If Worf doesn't have a job, we don't know what he's for. Yeah, it's like if you, if you, if the beginning of an episode is like a, the shuttle has crashed and Beverly's pinned under like a heavy thing mm. and she's bleeding, you're like, okay, this is a serious situation because Beverly's the person who can fix this. Yeah. You know, it's that thing of like, oh no, the warp cores 
going wrong, but Geordie's trapped in it. Whereas at the moment, it's like, our wharf's been kidnapped. I guess we can't get the tea. Geordie's <laughs> visor is in for repair and the warp core's broken, so he's going to have to come in and just feel around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas like at the moment, like something happens to Wharf, and I'm like, we're not getting... What does he do? Like, whereas yeah. if Tasha goes down, it's like, well, she's had a security. Like, somebody could beat up Tasha, and I'm like, well, Tasha's in charge of security, so she must be pretty hardcore. It lets you tell stories, and it's just... Fuck's sake. I'll tell you this, like, I've, I made more notes on this episode than I think I have on any previous one, because there's just so much shit in it that just doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> um, so I think, like, in answer to your, your, your three questions, is this a good episode of Star Trek? Just no. No, no, no. no. Nope. I mean, it does ask a question. Yeah. Should you respect the beliefs of others if those beliefs are fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> and unequivocally the answer came back no no yeah if you find yourself in another culture and you have in some way offended them by breaking their customs and they wish you, you should be punished your response as a white person should be to go no i mean <laughs> yeah I, I, again the orville did this episode and did it better yeah, because it, yeah. it kind of it plays out almost exactly the same way, but the last shot of the episode is one of the characters from that species that we've been following shows a bit of growth and decides not to partake in their dumbass laws. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. This is this was what's the next what's the if, next one? If 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 <laughs> here's the thing, right? Because Gene Roddenberry, like, he's like super atheist and he's super militaristically atheist yeah and part of what he wants star trek to achieve is to get more people thinking the way that he does questioning belief systems and maybe coming to the conclusion maybe this is all just made up maybe this is all just a bunch of stories maybe this isn't the way that we should live our lives blah 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 but you don't get that by making fun of people with that belief system you get that by showing people learning and growing above that belief system yeah do you know what i mean yeah like if just... one if one of these people after they'd gone if you'd come back to them and they were like maybe this doesn't work that's more effective yeah maybe if you got one person being like oh you can just run away yeah no one's ever considered that before it ruins everything or we can just commit crime wherever we want because that system doesn't is is insane. Yeah, it's and then they come back and it's just a full purge planet. <laughs> yeah, it's just not. I'm not. Yeah, didn't feel this one. Didn't no. like it. No. The next episode is is the battle, which I think is at least got like I think it's got the Ferengi in it because they've already committed to the Ferengi experiment for the whole oh. season when they've written everything but they haven't gotten round to realising that the Ferengi are kind of shitty yeah I will say this like fair play to them that we're like in terms of like there being some Star Trek tropes that we've seen a lot of right we've seen a lot of a lot of stuff going on like that comes up a lot like glow clouds and big space heads and shit like that mm-hmm. we've not we've not seen like a single Vulcan or a single like Romulan no. as of yet. So so they are at least trying something new and different. And I guess yeah. there's points for that, but Jesus Christ, this if I never watch this episode of Star Trek again, I will be happy. I watched 
a like Trek culture video or something the other day. Yeah. Um. And and it had it had scenes from later episodes from like seasons like four onwards, and I was yeah. like, this show gets so good. <laughs> like this show gets really, really, really good, and it bums me out that we need to go through this. But at the same time, I I think if we I think as podcasters, I think we need to go through the shit. I think we need to get better. The appreciation that we will have, because yeah. the thing is that like we, when it's when yeah. it's good, Star Trek: The Next Generation is one of the best TV shows ever made. Oh, it's phenomenal. But yeah. but when it's bad. You look at these so episodes good. and be like, "How did this get to? How did it even get to season two? Just yeah. I guess it's just because like they, they. I think were they still making some of the movies with the previous cast, which were still making bank for Paramount. So I'm guessing Roddenberry had some sway because of that that he could keep this on the air. But like maybe he was like an all or nothing play of like, well, if you don't. If you, like, if you don't let me keep making my next generation show, the next time you release a movie, I'm going to come out and publicly trash it, and no Star Trek fans will go see it. Oh, yeah. and I've, uh, also, I'm going to add uh, on to the end of this because uh, I've, I've I've literally had more than one person message me and say it it seem, it's a bit weird that you haven't said anything about how you feel about Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, on any social media or anything because I talk about Ghostbusters incessantly. Uh, so do you like it? So I, I'm going to say uh, I uh, very much enjoyed Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, I think it's a, it's a very worthy sequel. Um, and uh, just to go into a spoilers little thing, uh, the joke that Ray is podcast's only subscriber made me laugh quite a lot. Um, but the reason I just want to put that there, Eddie, is because I'm not going to say anything about it anywhere else. And I want people to listen to this fucking podcast. So if you want to know my opinion on Ghostbusters Afterlife, you can find it in this show. Yes, yeah, it's it's, all, it's pretty good. It's not perfect. I very much enjoyed it. Um, the the hamster joke made me lose my shit. I was uh, telling that joke to people for about three days after I saw it. <laughs> it's it's a brilliant joke. Yeah. Um, anyway, fa- thanks for listening. Cheers. Um, if Thank you, you want to hear us talk about Ghostbusters. Let us know. We, 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 yeah. we, I mean, we do that anyway. We'll happily record it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Bye. Bye. The Captain's Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at Ed Edwards Comedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog. <laughs>